Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 53. Today we have, um, well, I guess somewhat of an old family friend. Uh, the guest we have on today is probably one of those people in farming that I've certainly been aware of since a very young kid. Uh, and albeit with the R2Cast, we have a lot of people on that I've never heard of or never known until a few weeks before. Um, so quite, quite a special one in that sense this week. So today we have, I'm sure a lot of you know her, uh, Jane Harrower. Jane, if you'd like to say hello. Hi. Before we get on in to another excellent episode of the R2Cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer. A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry. Whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish farmer's got it for you. So, um, I mean, Jane has done everything in farming, as we'll get into over the next however long. Um, and albeit she seems to think she hasn't and is a bit nervous that this isn't going to be a fantastic episode, it absolutely will be. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to getting into it. Before I do, however, I'm going to throw out a few disclaimers you will notice. It's a different background to usual. I am not in the flat in Dumfries. I am back on Aaron working as a tour guide uh, so I'm living at mum and dad's house for mm. uh, the time being and that does mean that the phone might go off the boiler might get loud that clock will go off twice we have people in the B&B so they might ring the bell mum and dad might appear um, so there's quite a few things that might happen so I will um, I'll just get that out here before I start ruining the whole episode from that but enough of that um, Jane could you tell us a bit about your background, were you from farming? Was farming always something you thought you would be in or was it not that not the case? Well, I'm originally from Ayrshire, born and brought up in a beef and sheep farm eh, with mum and dad. Um, and can't believe how things have turned out because it's really not what I thought we'd be doing. Um, married my husband back in 98 and living in Drimmon Farm, beef and sheep farm um, outside of Drimmon and started off with chickens um, because my husband Craig was always into that and it's just sort of escalated from there really um, certainly didn't think this is where I would be. So, so you've went from beef and sheep farm to beef and sheep farm with a bit more. Uh, what was the thing you thought you might have found yourself well, in or was there not a thing? There wasn't really a thing. Um, did a bit of secretarial stuff, did a bit of admin, that kind of thing. Still doing that now is in the farming sense, but um, yeah, chickens really was definitely not where I thought I would be. Um, <laughs> but glad it is because I love it. Well, you, you, can't, you can't ask for much more. And to be honest, with a lot of the guests we have, have on the podcast, that they're like, you know, two or three years ago or whenever they started they're like you know I would never see myself doing this and uh, normally the reason I've got in touch with them is because they've been doing it for some time and they are enjoying it so it's, it's good to hear that, that you are. Um, you met, met your husband Craig, uh, how did you meet him? Was that through Young Farmers or something like that? Kind of, the Royal Highland show has got a lot to answer for. <laughs> in, a, in a good way of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's where we met, so sort of through Young Farmers and, and yeah, a long while ago. Now the, rest, married, the rest is history. Yeah, we married 25 years next year, so not quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what Young Farmers were you in? Yeah, I was in Dunlop and right. Craig was in um, Strathendrick at that time, which is obviously... Now I'm alchemated to the three S's, but yeah, it's, back in the day. Yeah, well, that's it. Do you know when they went together? Because I've always just known them as the three S's. I, I think it was after Craig left. It was sort of sometime because there was really, they were struggling in this area. There wasn't a lot in this area at all eh, for Strathendrick. Um, and yeah, so that's why they kind of, but it was definitely after Craig had sort of passed. Um, yeah. Through, um, and now now our daughters go well. The the youngest two go to the home and young, young farmers, which is uh, much to his disgruntlement. <laughs> Not happy with that at all. <laughs> oh, he's got it's, um, 
Well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Is, is Dunlop Young Farmers still a thing? Because I'm no, 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 it's not, not there anymore either. I think everyone in that area goes to Comores. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I assume over the years there's been a lot of smaller clubs disappear and sort of become part of the bigger ones. I mean, I'm from Arran, obviously it, it doesn't exist, but we maybe didn't go anywhere else. We just pretended that we were part of something when we weren't. Um, there not young farmers? I thought there were still. So. There was, let me just write, Aaron Young Agricultural Society or something along those lines up until 1993. And then in 2015, I started the Young Farmers Up and did the whole chairperson, secretary, treasurer for about 18 months. And uh, then we got it going and then people fell out. And it was just, it was so, such a small group, it, it didn't happen, which was a shame it, because it would have been good uh, to get some local youngsters into things but here it's it's the way it is unfortunately and you know <laughs> we can maybe have another pop at it some other time but um yeah you mentioned uh, the highland show has a lot to answer for and maybe the viewers would quite like to hear some embarrassment from me um at the highland show uh, which at the minute is about a month ago from recording but when this comes out it'll be about six or seven weeks um i maybe embarrassed myself a wee bit in front of jane and family but uh that was uh, for, for us to keep between ourselves. Um, what was that? I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Craig, did me, Craig did me tell me that he, I was to make sure you did have your zip up. <laughs> that, no, no, that sounds so much worse than it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> that can I just clarify? It is not as bad as that sounds. I promise. Um, it, it was no, embarrassing, it was, but it's, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> this is the good thing about doing a, doing a podcast from chest up. You don't have to see any of these things. Um, did you get involved in much for young farmers, Jane? Um, not not really. Well, we help. We sort of help out um, the children, the girls when they're their involvement in the young farmers because they are both involved. Last year we did, a, for the Lomond Young Farmers, we did a, a pig race. So they, they were doing like a kind of um, like event. They, they, we had chicken race and a pig race and we filmed it and they, they did a sort of charity race thing online. So we, we will help and we'll, we'll help if they want to do a stock judging or let's talk of a field day. So we do get involved to that extent, but not too much. Try and distance yourself a wee bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Too old for that. Yeah. Too much else going on. <laughs> what about when you weren't, as you say, too old for that? As I'm sure you're not. Uh, did you did you get involved in quite a lot of activities with them? Um, we did um, like talent spots. I don't think I ever did the concert. It wasn't really my thing. I did do the talent spot. We went along to different events and, and things. Yeah. And dances, yeah. obviously. Of, of course. Um, <laughs> I was more of a social member. That would be fair to say. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, and Young Farmers is brilliant for that. And, and quite a lot of the yeah. folk listen. Um, I have a lot of people listen that are sort of either not in our agricultural sector, no, not in the agricultural <laughs> sector, or sort of in it a wee bit, but... Um, not fully involved and they always ask about young farmers and I would tell anyone as someone who hasn't really done it I only really joined the young farmers this year for the first time ever at 25 you'll meet so many fantastic people you absolutely do not have to be a farmer um there's so much out there for folk and young farmers and it can find you careers and, and that so I would definitely <laughs> check it out are we good to jump back yeah sorry sorry Jane. it's an amazing organization to be part of um, the other thing I did was speech making and it, it definitely helps get you in the right path and it's, it's good and everybody all looks out for one another. It's like one big family. It's quite, I assume it's quite daunting the whole speech making thing. Or, yeah. 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 I'm not saying I was very good at it, but yeah, it, making yourself stand up and do it is good. I feel like you're putting yourself down a lot here. You don't, you don't, you don't have to do that. I'm sure <laughs> you're offended. It's good. hard. It's, hard. It's, not, it's not something I'm com that comfortable with doing, but it certainly sets set you. If you've got to, to speak at all at anything, it does set you and um, it, help, it's, it does help. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's good to push yourself at a comfort zone as well. It's good, good for that. Yeah. Um, it'd be good to jump back in time a wee bit uh, there, Jane. Could you tell us a bit about the beef and sheep farm you were brought up on? <clears throat> yeah, we we well just outside us in lot. Just it's pretty similar to us. Just cattle and sheep. Um, lived there with mum and mum and dad and my brother and sister. Um, we just we helped cutting time and that kind of thing but we weren't really overly that involved um yeah 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 so it, it really i mean you said sort of it wasn't something that you expected to find yourself in it really wasn't something you're involved in when you had the no. opportunity and you were younger yet um no. and then move, moving on you said it's quite similar to what you have now could you tell us about the farm that you're on at the minute <clears throat> Yep, so we're just outside of Drimmon, so we're sort of half half on the National Park, half not. Um, 756 acres, a lot of it moorland. Um, got about 80 uh, beef cows and about five, 600 sheep. Right. Um, few pigs um, and thousands of chickens. Which rule? <laughs> well, yeah, somewhat of a menagerie. Um, yeah, we will definitely co- definitely come on to pigs and poultry because um, I think it would be fair to say uh, certainly the pigs is not the common use of pigs for the whole year round anyway. Um, there's certainly some extra fun that they're used for, which we'll get into. Um, beef cows, are you selling store or fat? We sell all store. All store. Is all that the same store. for the sheep? No, we usually finish our lambs so they would um we would put a lot of them away to wintering down at Neilston. Yeah. Um, and then just we just put everything away fat usually sort of between Christmas New Year time and into the into January. Right. Just depends on the year. But yeah we try and finish everything. And uh, what what are the main breeds you're running both sheep and cattle? Um Cattle, sort of Belgian blue crosses, few cementals, um, one or two limousines. <clears throat> just bought a young Charlie bull. Um, okay. We're running a limousine bull just now. Sheep are Texels, Texel crosses, and swale deals. What do you think of the swales? Very divisive. <laughs> um, you should ask Craig. Craig, Craig hates blackies. So okay. the swale would be his, his, he likes his swale deals. Um, they're certainly characters. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, there's, there's quite a lot of folk are, are, are talking about swales. I've had a few folk on that have got swales now and, and very much like Craig, the reason for it is um, not so fond of the blackies. <laughs> I'll put it as diplomatically as I can. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, we've got swales quite a lot of them crossed with the Blackie. Um, but um, I, I'm not on the farm all that often, but I'm quite a fan of them, to be honest. I can see yeah. people's reservations with them, but um, quite like them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we went down, so so Helen, our middle daughter, decided during lockdown that she was wanting to come back home and farm, um, which we both thought, gosh, right, because we had um, started to sort of numbers back a wee bit just because it was just the two of us at home trying we're not getting younger and um, make life a bit easier and uh, so Craig had a panic attack and thought oh we'll need to go and buy more sheep so we went away down to Kirby Stevens and bought a whole lot of spill deal sort of, um, use and yeah. sort of boosted the numbers a wee bit last year so yeah they've done okay so 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 that sort of five hundred to six hundred was that less than that last year or is that yeah we, we've upped our numbers slightly we had we had gone back down to about four hundred or so right. and then we would buy in some store lambs as well um just to have more to sell on at the back end but you no know, we upped our sheep numbers again just a bit and you mentioned Helen, sorry, there's the clock, it's going to go eight times. <laughs> because normally, normally these clocks, you know, it's it's eight times on the hour and one on the half. For some reason, half past eight is oh, three rings. That, that makes sense. Um, oh, well, I mean, it's not going to put us off for too long. Um, you mentioned Helen came back to the farm there. Um, there's there's the three girls. Are, are, 
are they all interested in farming? No, well, yes and no. So they'll all help. Um, but Kelly obviously has moved away now, so she's down in Campbelltown or South End. So she she's gone. Um, Helen is working sort of part time at home, part time at the Cali Market, um, because we can't really afford a, a full time wage. Obviously, she's given up a job to come home, so that that's a compromise there. And Shona is doing a, a degree in social sciences at Edinburgh, but she has actually learned to shear. So she, Craig's been teaching her the last two or three years. So Craig does a bit of contract shearing in the summer. So he's been teaching her how to shear. And this year has been her first year out with him. And she's done fantastic. She got her best day yet was 158, I think, which we just couldn't believe. For her first year out, she has, she, she's done really well. She's black and blue covered in bruises right enough, but she's, she's doing great. No one showing her, I'm sure it won't phase her. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, no, she's doing great. We're, and Craig's really chuffed to bits with her because that's, that's, for being first year out, that's that's brilliant. Absolutely. Well, um, for for comparison, Shona, if you're listening to your mum's podcast, I have shorn all of 17 sheep in my entire life. Um, so, <laughs> not that I'm someone you want to compare yourself to. Uh, 158 is bloody good going for a first year. Yes. That's excellent. Um, no, I'm very proud of her. No, deservingly so, deservingly so. Maybe she'll be touring the world sometime, sometime soon. Think, so she, I've, I've suggested that next year we'll enter her in the Highland in the women's uh, yeah. competition, but she's like, no, I am never, ever doing the Highland. That's, that's what a lot of folk I've heard say, and I've seen them up on the boards. I've, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Shona might be otherwise occupied at the Highland, as a few of us are. Um, but uh, <laughs> the uh, on to on to Helen. She's working at home, so she's part time with you. Uh, is is that sort of a set amount of hours roughly each week, or does it change throughout the year? It just whatever. Um, it depends yeah. on the day she's working. So some days she can be working three days. Some it's only two days at this time of year because it's the market's quieter anyway. Um, yeah. But she'll go and she'll go and do well. She did a lambing job um, up at uh, Robert Patterson's up in Lee this year. She was away for a month and did that and loved it. And then came home and helped lambing here. She'll go and cart silage. She's quite good in the tractor. Right. Um, so she goes and does that. So she's quite she's quite good at doing yeah. that kind of thing. So that's always extra income for her. Yeah, no, absolutely. In your words, you said uh, you're not getting any younger. Now, I don't think you look a day past 35. Um, but uh, <laughs> with, with, the, <laughs> with, the, with the goal there, would, have, is Helen sort of interested in taking over or is that a discussion that's miles away? Um, she's, I think she's interested in taking over. Um, she's not interested in hens, though. Okay. So um, she's... She's definitely into uh, her sheep. She likes sheep. And she's well, we're, we're, she's bucket rearing some calves just now. So we bought some Belgian blue heifer calves off a dairy place and she's bucket rearing them. And she's already did a batch last year just to bring the cattle numbers up a bit as well. So, um, yeah, she's into that. Yeah, she's got a lot to learn still, though. <laughs> Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's she's pretty young. Um, it's uh, it's a big industry to learn in a day. None of us, none of us will ever learn it all. That's for sure. Um, right. mentioned mentioned hens a few times. Mentioned poultry, and for those of you not listening, those of you not listening, I wouldn't be speaking to you if you're not listening. For those of you listening, um, that maybe listen to the podcast and have came because you listen to the podcast and not because um you you know Jane. Uh, there will definitely be a mention of poultry in the title. Um. It's not just your typical 40 hens or five or six hens in the garden. It's uh, quite something you've got going on, Jane. So could you tell us a bit about Craigie Vern Poultry and, and what the system is? Um, well, we do, we do a couple of things. So we, we work with a company down south of England. Um, <clears throat> we're an agent for them and we supply the old chicks, like laying chicks um, and meat chicks. 
throughout Scotland and, and the north of England as well, actually. Um, so we do that and get birds most months um, and also keep anything between sort of six and eight hundred day old laying chicks for myself. So we just sort of then grow them on and sell them either point of lay or half grown or yeah. So we sell we sell a lot of hens. So are you you're never having hens laying with you, no? Um, unless, well, sometimes they do start just quite just before they go if the, if if it's been quieter and yeah, but not really. No, I try and get them away before they start laying. So sometimes we can have sort of four four different age groups, five different age groups. So point of lay, maybe a couple of different ages at point of lay. Point of lay for me is sixteen weeks onwards. So I can maybe have some at sixteen weeks and some at twenty weeks, and then you know. If I've got if I've got them every sort of four, five, six weeks, I've always got different age groups coming on. Right. Um, so we have birds all year round. And, and by a point of lay here. Well, uh, so right. So I was just going to ask. So there's always point of lay available. It's, it's, it's yes. consistent, right? Yeah. Yes. So there's certain times of year I will try and have less point of lay. So obviously the winter time I don't want to have as many as I would rather have in the springtime. But yeah, we have them all year round. And you said, you know, point of lay can be anywhere from 16 to 20 weeks. Is that variable in breed or is that just? No, a... just, it, that's just, I just say, I class them point of lay when they get to 16 weeks. Some people class point of lays at 12 weeks, you know, it just, but I, I would just say 16 weeks and then that's, that's point of lay. Um, but they won't lay, your hybrids will not lay till they're into sort of 20, 22 weeks or so. It just depends on the time of year. Um, but yeah, but sixteen weeks is point of lay. So I'm I'm going to embarrass myself here, and it's fine. I do it all the time. Um, but I can just feel mum watching this podcast absolutely cringing at the question I'm about to ask. Um, if you're saying hybrids aren't laid until 22, 24 weeks, but some people call point of lay twelve. Is point of lay just a term? Then it doesn't strictly mean yeah. it, these guys well, are point, point of lay. Right? Okay. Should mean that they're sort of point of lay. But I mean, a, a, a pullet will start laying, some of them start laying at 20 weeks. You know, if you push them, I don't push my birds on. Um, I, I do it slightly, well, I, I do it very much differently than other people that rear pullets. So most of your pullets that are reared are reared in big units, big sheds, and they're just, they come on, they're, they're, they're pushed on almost. Whereas I, I don't. I, I rear them indoors for about six, seven weeks, and then I put them out into rearing huts, and then they're outside and they're free range after a week of, you know, and so they're they're slower growing, so, um, but they're they're more more naturally reared, which yeah, is a bit yeah, more. Well, will be. I think I think with with all things, when you're aiming for higher quality, which I would think it would be fair to say that is. Maybe maybe the quality's not strictly higher, but certainly from a welfare perspective, you're going to have higher inputs, aren't you? From whether that's labour, labour or whatever. Um, so that that was that was layers. Uh, I think you said you do you save broilers as well that you're selling on? Um, yeah, well we do. But I I don't I I tend to well for example I went away yesterday and picked up a few thousand of those, but I just distributed them to my customers and came home with no checks, right? Which was great. Um, Sometimes if it's extra, I have them myself and I, I bring them on and we eat all our own chicken. Um, but I didn't have any extra yesterday, so that was good. Um, and, yep, just distributed them. There's quite a lot of people rearing birds now, sort of smaller um, okay. places. Um, so it's quite a big thing. Have, have you felt the impact of that? Are there places doing it? Yeah, well, um, rearing meat, meat birds, well, obviously, because I'm supplying them with their meat birds. Um, since COVID, that has really taken off, I think. Right. Yeah. People are sort of um, more local. It, it does seem to be that. I, I think, you know, near the start, there seemed to be this push towards, for example, your lambs and your beefs as opposed to your, 
your tofus and your your mushroom based products like a quite again corn that sort of thing because people find it easier to work with and you to work with it and then like eggs and chicken and that sort of thing comes into that as well and i think that's got to be a good thing uh, i'm not sure how things are going to happen go towards as as, as everybody's uh, belts get tighter i i'm not quite sure how it's it's going to go i i have seen a we sell pork and i have seen quite a, a that slowed down um, because it's, it? it's a bit more expensive than than buying your know, cheaper foreign bacon in the supermarket, and I can't blame people for wanting to buy that if, if money is tight. I, I agree. I think sometimes as, as as the farming community, there's this sort of underlying opinion that oh, you should buy quality, but it's just not simply that easy. You know, especially at times like this where it's two pound for fuel and it's it's whatever you know. Um, it is the, the the worry comes in there then is should we be having you know British standard from a welfare and environmental perspective sitting right next to and I'm not going to throw out a country's name because I've been in trouble for that before but other countries that are not meeting those standards sitting next to each other I don't know it's it's um it's one I of the worries of trade I deals don't think we should I say I tell people to not I tell people to eat less meat if that if you can't afford to eat as much meat, eat less meat, but buy quality meat. For sure, yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. Um, so I'm sure a lot of people are are, are, are listening <clears throat> and thinking like I do because I know I'm very number based, or maybe it's just me that's interested in this. How many birds will be on your place at any given time? Now that's obviously from from day old to yeah. quite old. Very cool. Um, I I I get asked this quite often, and I. I usually say about 1,500. I do think it'll be nearer 2,000, right. probably over 2,000, because we do have about 100 layers, although not quite as many at the moment, because there's been a fox coming through the day and nabbing a chicken every so okay. often. Yeah, so Craig saw it the other day. Um, so they're currently all shut in, because I was noticed a, a lot of, um, a lot less eggs. Um, and also we've got a few pure breeds, so we hatch, we've got a big increase and we hatch quite a few birds out ourselves as well. So we hatch um, some pure breeds, only about sort of seven or eight different breeds. Um, so we've got breeding birds as well, and we've got ducks and things. So yeah, it will be over 2,000. I don't have an actual, actual figure. I didn't think you'd have it to like, <laughs> you know, the closest two or something like that. <laughs> I think we're running total like the sheep. Exactly. It would be pretty impressive if I'd asked that. You should have just done that with confidence, you know, eh? 1,742. <laughs> After that, Fox 41, you know. Um, it changes It changes every day because it's worth <clears throat> for me most days. So it, it just changes all the time. No, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. And is there... And I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Pardon my absolute lack of knowledge of, of chicken production because it is low. Um, what what are your main lame breeds that you're dealing with? Are they, are they crossbreds? Are they pures? Are they... Is there? Yeah. They're all they're all hybrids, but a, so a, a brown hen is a hybrid, but you can also get different coloured hybrids, which are I mean, they're all a hybrid is just a cross, right. and they've they've crossed many different things like Morans and Sussex, with like Rhode Island Red, and they've, they've they've crossed all these birds to make good layers, so that and and you get nice coloured. Um, birds and most people tend to want sort of two or three for the back garden and they want them all to look different because they're pets. So aiming for that variation is, is part yes. of it. Right, got you, got you. Um, you mentioned the pigs a couple of times. Uh, you, do you sell, you, well, I think you mentioned you did, you sell sort of your own product sort of direct to the consumer or do they go through markets or both? Um, we, sell, we sell through a sort of neighbour Food scheme, or we sell direct to customers. Um, 
and recently there's a butcher takes them as well. Right. Uh, we've only got, at the moment, we've only got one sow and we've got two young gilts coming on. We've got our own boar um, and we, we, we've, we've bought in a few wieners as well because we do the pig racing. So we like them to be a bit more colourful like different colours as well, so that they look a wee bit different. Um, but yeah, we, this the pigs is purely accidental because I wanted a couple of wieners just to fatten for the freezer. And before I knew it, Craig had a whole breeding programme going on. So that was totally <laughs> not me. <laughs> well, they are good fun though. No, and, <laughs> and they are good fun. fun. Yeah, they are. And for those of you listening, you did hear the words pig racing correctly. Um, <laughs> tell us about that. I mean, there's so many questions here, Jane. I could say, why did you consider that? I mean, just tell us that, about pig. <laughs> pig racing, again, was Craig started. So um, back, I can't remember what year it was, um, when we couldn't have, we had to, German show get changed. It was in August and it was in a different field. And um, he, I did the main ring entertainment. And at the time he says, no, I'll, I'll do entertainment for you. I'm going to do pig racing. I'm like, oh, you're off your head. Anyway, he did he did it. And from that, uh, somebody from another show said, would you come to our show and do that? And then it just sort of, it kind of escalated. We'd see. Yeah, we don't do many shows, just sort of. I mean, with this year, we've got a gala day. <laughs> to go to and okay. we've been to Aaron show. We're still to go to Isley this year, going to Campbelltown. Um, yeah, it's good fun. So they, they, they run in heats and, and then there's a finale. And this year we've introduced a bit, bit more entertainment. We've got some jumps and there's a water feature to go through. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit, it doesn't always go to plan, which you can see everybody thinking, oh, cringe, but we know that it won't always go to plan. So then that's part of the fun. So when was the first time you done that then? It, I can't remember what year it was. It was at Drimmon's show. It was uh, quite a few years ago, maybe yeah. sort of six, six or so years, seven years ago or so. You did? Um, did you do that in 2019? Yes. The year before COVID, yeah. 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 And he goes out and he takes them. And you know, they, 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 they are desperate to go on the trailer. They know right. that they're going to be. And they get, because they get fed and as well. And they just, they're queuing up to, to go on the trailer to go. Um, is, um, when are you releasing a video of the home training? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we have, have got that. some. Oh, have you? There, there, is, there is one. Um, I think we filmed the one. For Loughlomb and Young Farmers, that was um, filmed at home. We right. had, um, I think, we had the, the Manitou set up, and one of the girls were up in that and filmed it. Excellent! Well, fantastic. You look back through my Facebook, you'll find it. We'll have to do a wee hunt for that. We'll have to do a wee hunt for that. <laughs> um, pig racing is not the only time you find yourself at shows. Uh, you, you find yourself at shows with the poultry side as well, Jane. One, certainly one of the most. Um, educational I think uh, sort of stands you'll see at quite a lot of shows I never actually saw it at the Highlands because as we've said I was otherwise occupied uh, we don't get into that uh, but um, saw it at your show and I've seen it at the Highland many a time before could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah um, air show I've done a few years now I don't it's just like obviously one day so it is I just bring along a few birds and do a bit of educational stuff and some tricks and things the Highlands might the biggie for me we, um, we, we have chicks hatching at the Highlands every day when we're there. That's the plan. Um, we have small birds. We have to just try and educate people a wee bit about, about poultry. Um, it's always a really busy tent. Yeah. It's always massively busy. 
Um, and you've got you've got some you've got some gorgeous birds in show. You know, it's it's not just you know it's not boring. There's there's a lot to see. There's, you're showing variation as well. Yeah, well, we can't bring everything, and and I, I didn't have a massive tent at the Highlands. Uh, unfortunately, I was just there myself this year. Normally, we do it in conjunction with the poultry show, but because of bird flu, that wasn't allowed to go ahead again this year. Um, so it was just me. Um, I can't bring everything. I'd rather there was more space for people to move about and, and see things and so we're able to speak to people. Um, the tricks hatch is a massive thing. Folk love it. That will be, yeah. People come in every day to see what else is hatched. Yeah. Um, it's the most nerve-wracking thing for me to be doing right enough because getting that all so that you've got birds hatching every day, getting them through to the show. It's the last thing I do before we leave Craigie Verm is, is box up hatching eggs. I even had an egg, a chick hatched on the M9 on the way through to the show. So <laughs> I got there and I had a, I had a, a new arrival. Um, it's just getting it getting it right. Um, no, fair, fair play to you. That's that's quite something. That's like the 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 chicken hen hen equivalent of a lamb and live, isn't it? Really, is <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that in itself is impressive. Uh, that's that's the sort of story you can tell for a while. Is is it purely educational, or do you do you sell your birds at the Highlands as well? We don't sell it at the Highlands. Um, it is just purely educational. Although I do get a lot of. I, I get a lot of people come back to me throughout the year that have seen me at the Highland and and and, and have a chatted to us at the Highland because there's lots of people still interested. Believe it or not, not everybody in the country's got chickens yet. I, I thought they had during COVID, but they haven't. And we still get people talking to you about it and can we do it in our back garden? And um, yeah, we're just happy to chat. Yeah. No, well, it, not by Sunday right enough. Usually by Sunday I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's normally the case with these four day shows. That the last day it's just yeah. sort of a nah, home sounds pretty yeah. nice for but it. Sunday afternoon <laughs> usually by sort of three o'clock I've reached my limit. But <laughs> um, you mentioned bird flu there. Has uh-huh. has that impacted you guys majorly? Yes, it's yeah. pain in the backside. It, trying to keep things under cover for me because of my I'm set up to have them out mm-hmm. um, and you end up with muddy runs and, and it's not how I want to be rearing birds. Um, it's also impacts on sales because people sort of tend to not want to be buying birds if they've got to shut them in. So because they didn't lift the lockdown till a bit later this year. I would say spring was a bit slower than the norm, but it's been nuts just now. Normally, I'd be a bit quieter at this time of year, but it's a bit it's a bit nuts still. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't know what I find it quite sad. That there's not poultry shows, although we don't show ourselves purely because we don't have time. I find it quite sad because there's a lot of people that they, they breed purely for showing. Mm-hmm. And that that could be lost if 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 this continues. And I think I don't know what's going to. There's dead birds all up the west coast now. Ayrshire, Argyle, Ely. You know, it, it's really bad. It is very. And it, it's interesting you say there about you know you could lose that the sort of breeding show. And I mean, I think <clears throat> I can't speak for every every show. I've been to, but I've been to, I think, 12 shows so far this year. And because we've been away for what's basically three years, um, the, the numbers are down. You know, I, I would say certainly in the small shows. And if you get out of the way of things for a while, it, hopefully it doesn't fall off, but, but it absolutely could. Um, you said about birds sort of appearing. Our local vet put a post up today, which is, what are we today? The 21st of July. That yesterday, or no, sorry, in the last eight days, there's been 136 birds on Aaron's shorts. That's just Aaron. Okay. Um, so that's <laughs> so it's a pretty big figure. Um, yeah. Seems to be some issue with she needs different clearance before she can actually analyse as well, so she can't get that yet. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a worrying time. And just just viewers, one thing I should say when Jane mentioned lockdown, she meant um, 
a, a bird flu lockdown that wasn't talking about um, the the lockdown we all know about. Uh, was it April first that came and then it was delayed a bit? Is that it, is it around yeah. April? Was it, it was. It normally it's about April it gets lifted. Right. Um, this has been going on for years. Aye. Um But nor they but they delayed because because you're. You had to change your egg labels and things because your birds were no longer classed as free range because they'd been shut in for so long. So it did go on a bit longer. Um, I'm not sure. I really am not sure how it, how it's going to work because it's so bad <clears throat> that that I can see us having to be shutting things up again earlier this year the way it's going. No, not not easy, and it's it's not a nice uh, environment once they are locked in. It's not. No. Not positive at all. Um, the so with with it's interesting you say free range there because does that then mean for a period of time there was no free range UK eggs? There's well, going to be te- technically they weren't free range at all, but right. a t- I can't remember the exact limit. But they are they could still be sold as free range. Okay. until a certain date and because the lockdown wasn't lifted beyond that date then they were no longer free range but they weren't they weren't free range. right they weren't yeah. really free range but they had label, labeling was going to have to be changed got you got you um yeah worrying and it's it's uh it's one of one of the biggest worries in farming really is, is avian influenza and and the knock-on effects and direct effects it's having, like you're saying. Um, hopefully, hopefully we... we <laughs> it's it might, more short like COVID and run its course. I but the problem is with um, with diseases in farms, that you know, the cattle and sheep, you can sort of control them to an extent. But this, wild birds are carrying it, so you can't really control where a bird flies. So you've got, there is no control other than keeping your own birds safe. Yeah, and, and what would what <coughs> what happens if 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 your birds do get bird flu? Is it an instant death? Is it a what what, what actually is it like? I don't know terribly terribly much about it. I think from what I can hear, it it's a bit they have problems breathing. I don't know how quick it is, right. um, and I don't yeah. I don't know how quick you would you would know. I think they die quite quickly. Yeah. Um, so you won't avoid it, I won't avoid it anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, um, no, you certainly don't want it. And if, yeah. if you had it, you would then, or someone near you had it, that you then go into being in a zone and um, that you wouldn't be able to be moving birds within that. I, I'm not sure if we're even anywhere forward with getting a vaccination for, right. for commercial or, or domestic birds. I really, I don't know. I don't know an awful lot about it. I probably should know more about it because I think it is a, it's it's becoming such a big thing. No, I, I guess the, the the thing that matters to you is them not getting it. So that's the part that, that matters to you. Yeah. Knowing exactly what it does isn't the end of the world. That's, yeah. that's someone else's job and hopefully one you won't have to deal with um, yeah. directly. Uh, there's there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about in general, Jane. I think you guys have got a. a some accommodation as well. Have you got a guest house? Is that right? Yeah, we've got a holiday cottage. That's what it is. How's that going? Yeah. Has that done well? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, it's... it's been a different sort of year, but from speaking to everybody, everybody's in the same boat. It's been sort of slower. There's more foreigners now arriving, but it, we had we didn't get them earlier on in the year. Um, I'm fully booked all summer, and but I've not got a lot September, October. It seems to be quite last minute. Okay. Um, so hopefully we'll get booked up beyond the summer. I'm not overly worried. Um, I'm not sure. I think if everybody's either going abroad or not going on holiday or this year. Um, it, but it, no, it, it's fine. The whole cost of living thing will have an impact. It's It's got to. And Absolutely. I think... Yeah, I mean, over the last week on Aaron, I've been going round. I think it's something like thirty-two places on the island, and not one of them have said they're busy. <laughs> you know, and, and Aaron is a bloody busy place in the summertime. But you've you've got the boat problem though as well. We do, and it, 
uh, yes, and it can't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we um, I, I think the price of fuel is, you know, if, if you're coming from a foreign country, hiring a car is really not cheap. And then you've got to put fuel in it as well. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of money. Um, I, I, I was very excited yesterday because I found fuel, uh, diesel at one, one ninety three. That was a highlight. Imagine. <laughs> I know one ninety three. Excited about one ninety three. It's mental. <laughs> um, it was. Do you know the first? We're in like the sort of second spike at the minute of fuel prices. The first one in the early June. Um, Aaron was at two nineteen. Wow. <laughs> I can almost buy a pint for this, you know, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, it's hitting everything, it's hitting fertilizer, it's hitting feed, it's hitting everything. Everything is going to fly up, and certainly wages aren't going to be doing the same. So, so, uh, tourism is going to take a hit. Um, it's been a very dull last 10 minutes of this podcast. I know, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, no, I, I think it's positive. People will maybe not be able to afford to go abroad next year, so it'll be fine. I, I, I think it'll all be fine. Uh, people still want holidays. Um, it'll be fine. It's, I just think people are thinking about it and, and, and doing it sort of a bit more last minute now. It is quite swings and roundabouts, these types of things. They oh. bounce from good to bad. Um, but... It was very positive up until 10 minutes ago. So let's try to get back <laughs> on the positive um, oh, Jane, What's that? It's all good. It is, it is all good. It is indeed. Um, everything works out. Um, Jane and I did this, not a podcast. Uh, I interviewed Jane. God, it'll be two years ago in October. Um for a short, I don't know if you remember, just a short little post about yourself. Um, <coughs> uh, I am slowly ticking off because I've done, this will be 53 podcasts, which means I've done 79 interviews because I did 26 before. And I'm trying to tick off everyone. Um, so Jane is another one ticked off that I've, I've converted from a written interview into a, a podcast. So it's been very good to do it. It's been good to sort of cover the story and and to go from having had that chat and having to write it down and people having to read the story to actually having to hear it is always good. But there is always two things I ask everyone at the end. And I'm going to guess you're not a podcast listener because you're very busy. Um, oh, I do sometimes <clears throat> listen to podcasts, actually. These ones? Um, I, yeah, I do sometimes, yes. Excellent. If I'm in a shed, mucking out a shed or something like that, sometimes I don't like listening to music. Sometimes... Because I quite I think too much about things, so sometimes it's quite nice to listen to something else, and then you don't you can't think. So have you listened to what? Have you listened to any R two casts? I think I have listened to a couple, and I've listened to a couple of Cami Wilsons as well, and yes, I've listened yeah. to him interviewing you. <laughs> well, it, it was it was kind of strange that because that felt the wrong way round. <laughs> that felt the wrong way round. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, do, I do listen to podcasts. Um, well, the, the two questions I ask everyone is, uh, first off, where do you see yourself in five years? And uh, secondly, if, if you had tips for folk coming into farming, now it's quite a cool one because you've came from farming but really had no intention of, of being there. Um, you know, what tips would they be? Gosh. Um, <laughs> in, five, in five years' time, I would like to think I was still working here growing my chicken empire I, yeah I can't I can't see me doing anything else I really can't I'm quite I love being at home um, and being my own boss um, how to get into tips to get into farming I just like got to follow your dreams and just do what you want to do I, I don't there's no easy way of getting into farming not now I Struggling to answer that one. <laughs> no, it's you know that answer is very similar to a lot people give. Is it is not an easy one to get into, um, and the the best one is just working hard, pushing, and that's yeah. what so many folks say because it's true. It's a it's a opinion based industry. So if if you hear such and such is good, you'll tell me. I'll tell him, and <clears throat> that's that's how word gets out. So um, I love hearing folks five year thing. 
especially when they answer what you did. Um, not that everyone answers building a chicken empire, answers the, doing the same thing that, that, that they're doing uh, because it, it means means they're enjoying it. So that's, that's always good to hear. Um, yeah, do you think there's any parts of the story of Jane Harrower that we've not covered that we should have? Not really, no. no. <laughs> not much to my story. What I would, like, I would like to add is, moving forward, I would like to have some staff so that I can have a few more days off. Yes, that's, where, I can that's where I want to be in five years' time. A, a <laughs> so that I'm not Sorry. a member of staff. That's what we're working towards. I'm working towards having someone help me because it is getting quite out. Craig does help me, but he's getting enough of his own stuff to do. I'd like to be able to afford to pay somebody part time or, or something like that to actually help. And you've, that's you've, said, you've said that that will not be Helen. Uh, no, well, they, hate, they hate chickens. They actually hate chickens. All three of them. Well, well, yeah. No, they, they will all. They will. They will all do. Um, poor Kelly has to deliver birds to Campbelltown every time she's here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, they will all deal with them, but they don't. They, it's not their favourite thing. They would rather well, go on and sleep. Certainly get them to work anyway. But um, no, it's been great to chat, uh, Jane. It, it always is. Um, and it's just a bit different when it's on camera. So that's that's been very good. I'm just going to quickly check. This has been number 53. For those of you listening, hope you've enjoyed. Um, next week, for those of you who, work, who watch TikTok and use TikTok, I know I do, completely addicted. Do you use it, Jane? Sometimes. I don't, I don't ever post anything of me, but I sometimes watch it. It's just too much of, it's just so easy to just spend your day scrolling. And I actually have started posting TikToks. I am addicted to that as well now. But um, we have someone next week that I believe has 90,000 followers on TikTok. Um, uh, so Charlotte Ashley Farms will be coming on uh, next week. So look forward to seeing you then. And thank you again, Jane. Thank you. See you all next week. Well, that's it. Another R2Cast finished, another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time uh, and it always has done, but I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more The Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better, because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.